Welcome back to another episode of Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. I'm Irfan Manji. I'm rejoined by our MLS analyst, Brady Reed, to preview the finals on Saturday. Brady is an editor for Wake in the Red and has graciously come back for today's episode, as promised, during his previous visit. But before we get back into this episode, here's some music for you to set you in the mood for some soccer. Well, Brady, we're back. It's great to have you back on the show as well. And how's it going? What you been up to? Uh, it's, it's going good, Irfan, man. Uh, I've been, you know, just obviously diving into this MLS playoffs, which has been pretty insane, and trying to keep up with everything going on in, in the Champions League and, of course, in the Premier League and everything as well. And we've had no shortage of soccer. So, uh, yeah, I can't complain, man. That's yeah, especially with the international break. Uh, not interfering right yeah. now we're getting consistent yeah. football not only from you know the european leagues but champions league mls so i think it's it's nice going into the holidays it is is, is school almost over for you there yeah tomorrow is the last day actually so uh good timing with the mls cup on saturday Sweet. manchester derby on saturday so uh, it'll be good yeah yeah awesome and you're heading home for the holidays so safe travels and uh, we wish you yeah. the best with your family yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. You as well. Awesome. Well, we'll get right into it then. Our starting 11 today is brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give the Shack and Chef Sab a follow on Instagram as they bring you cuisines from around the world. They deliver and now are available for pickup in the Vancouver area for the rest of the month. All right, buddy. A lot has happened since the last time we met, right? The playoffs are now almost complete and we have our two finalists. But before we dive into our two finalists, um, we got to talk about how we got here, right? Uh, anything stick out to you? Any surprises? I mean, there's a couple I could probably pinpoint, but any major surprise with the teams uh, that were eliminated, the teams that sort of progressed? I mean, I guess based on the conversation we had last month, I, I have to say that TFC bowing out in the first round is a surprise, but I mean, once you, you know, you, if people watch that game, like you see, you know, the state that that team was in and, and, and the way that Nashville was playing, I guess we shouldn't be that shocked, really, should be Like, a Nashville team had, like, a very clear mindset. They really know what they wanted to do, and I don't think you can say that about TFC. Like, they certainly had a bunch of guys who have got some great resumes in this league and then maybe still have something to give. But on that night, like, Nashville – like could have ran away with that one to be honest that's a that's definitely one that stands out and I guess you know anytime that both the one seeds are not in the final like we have to mention that but to be completely honest like Seattle was always going to be in this final um Mm -hmm. Columbus had like some some injury problems and stuff but they've they've probably been the best team in the Eastern Conference for, for the bulk of the season and so not a crazy surprising final but yeah like I said you know Supporter Shield winners and, and your number one seed in the West, both with some serious struggles. And, and here we are, Seattle and uh, Columbus. Yeah, well, last time we did mention that, you know, Sporting Kansas, 
Portland and Seattle were all tied with the same amount of points. It just came down to other differences. Yeah. So, I mean, in the West, it was a top, top toss-up, sorry, words, uh, toss-up for who really could be the best. And I think we're, we're seeing the best West team in the finals just because of yeah. how they've won their games so confidently and convincingly. And I mean, in the East, you're right, Toronto FC, they chose Josie Elster. Like it was a, it was a lineup we talked about is Greg Vanny went with what he trusted and it didn't work out, unfortunately. And speaking no. of Greg Vanny, Greg Vanny is no longer at the club anymore. And remember, I, I pose this question to you is if they lose, is he done? And unfortunately it wasn't that they chose for him to be done. I think he right. himself decided to, to move on from the club. Yeah. Were you shocked with that? Or is that something that you saw coming? I can't, I can't sit here and tell you, like, I saw that coming, like, as if like, I had some inside scoop. Like, I think everybody was pretty surprised, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, honestly, like, the, the comments that Greg made in the aftermath, like, you know, it made sense a little bit. Like, he says he's, he's a builder, right? And I think we see that, like, he's a guy who came from the academy and, and, and found this core group and, and seen what works for these guys. And like he said, I'm, not just, I'm just not sure what's left for, for me to do with this particular program. And so maybe he wants to go back to LA Galaxy where he played a ton and obviously a good fit both both culturally and they they need a new manager and, and they're not in a good spot. So yeah. Greg went he wants to be known as like an, a great MLS manager who can turn around now two organizations because PFC obviously was not in a good spot. Before no, no not at all. Ryan Nelson was not the man. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so he goes, let's let's say hypothetically he goes to the galaxy and, and they're able to have success pretty quickly then greg vanny's in that conversation of guys that can really do it and also jesse march leaves mls and goes to red bull salzburg and that seems a lot of fun and he mm. actually name drops greg vanny as a guy who might want to you know be the next american and make the, the jump to europe and so why not yeah i can see it happening england could use a a, a new manager with <laughs> connections to young players and i mean i, I mentioned i believe uh, southampton the last time we spoke and i think if his, their manager moves on because he's touted as one of the best now and you know england could come calling and europe could come calling in general um I, I like the way he ended it saying that he loves our fans and he loves the city but it was time to call it quits so mad respect for him and yeah. and uh wish him the best of luck and i do hope he he continues to to strive and be the manager that we've seen in TFC, just not for a club that smokes us over in Toronto, but uh, other than that, like best yeah. of luck, you know? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he keeps wearing that, that playoff scarf that he's become infamous for. I don't really care where it is, but I just love that playoff Andy scarf. So be it, be it Southampton or LA, wherever he ends up. Yeah. Hopefully it's the same old Greg. Yeah. For sure. Great guy. Uh, TFC, I know we're just getting away from the playoffs, but I, I did see this come up uh, yesterday or something like that, where Laurent Blanc and Patrick Vieira are linked to TFC. Mm-hmm. With Waking the Red and you guys and your predictions and how great everything is down there, um, do you see two veteran or experienced players and coaches come in to MLS as, as a manager for TFC? Like, is it an attractive spot for these two to be here? Uh, you know, like... It's a tough one. Like, I almost feel like this is, it feels like this one was manifested on social media. I swear, like, Patrick Vieira's name, especially, was thrown into the hat, like, the next day after Vanny was gone. And all of a sudden, it seems to be somewhat of a reality. And so, like, obviously, Vieira has some experience in the league with NYCFC. And so, it's not like 
it's certainly not impossible. Like it's not, when I read it originally on Twitter, I didn't think like, yeah, that makes sense. Like I thought it was a bit far-fetched and, you know, with Henri being in Montreal, maybe it was a bit of a, bit of a narrative that people were, were intrigued by, but I didn't know that the organization was intrigued by it. But I would say that of the two, like Vieira might be the more well-known by like younger guys, but like Laurent Blanc has some actual managerial success and a ton of experience, right? Mm-hmm. With, with PSG, with, with the national team in yeah. France. And so like, I mean, the, the, the idea of having a name like that in Toronto is obviously intriguing, but like to your question, is there actually mutual interest here? Like, I would have said, I might have said no before, but like Henri to Montreal kind of shocked me too. So mm-hmm. maybe he thinks, yeah, I mean, Vieira versus Henri, 401 Derby, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. Like it is. I think it'll bring more fans from Europe in to see two greats manage off against each other, which sure. is great for revenue and great for MLS shares and mm-hmm. the team. But we'll see how that goes. I think it'd be yeah. interesting anyway. Uh, TFC, whether they're in a rebuild mode or they're in, uh, we're going to just strategically bring in players. Um, it will right. depend on who really comes in there. Yeah. Um, so back to the bracket. The best team with a home record didn't make it through um we did mention this where we talked about bruce arena playing a stingy defensive game and it paying Mm -hmm. off and it played off that way um our dark horses both of our dark horses didn't make it through unfortunately Mm -hmm. with nycfc or orlando um i think the only thing we both agreed on and maybe predicted was seattle getting through which was i guess i mean it's it's not a hard bet on that one um much money be made there no and and so you know what let's go over to the two teams that are in the finals um seattle like we look at their stats like their their three best goal scorers are like in the top five or something like that you know what i mean like they have it's ridiculous who is this sorry i'm just pulling it up there uh, yeah, Raul yeah. Rudez, Jordan Morris, and Nicholas Lodero. Um, so, you know, Rudez has 12, Morris is 10, and Lodero has seven. And then they're facing off against the guy who is also in the top five in score- goal scoring, and guys, he's Rudez for Columbus at 12 goals. Um, like, are we going to see a goal fest, or are we going to see a, a stingy Columbus crew side who hasn't let in a goal in almost 200 minutes um, and were a dead even with goals for goals against over the regular season, whereas the Saunders were minus three? Are we going to see a goal fest? Is it going to be an open match or something a little boring? I I hope it's a goal fest. I think most neutrals probably would agree, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Seattle had a goal fest with Minnesota the other night. They were down 2 0 with 15 minutes left, and they just did what the Sounders do and found a way to somehow the inevitable win. But, like, I don't know. I think, like, honestly, I think a lot of what, what this game is going to be is probably going to be up to Columbus and particularly, like, what, what Caleb Porter, like, how he wants to counter that Seattle experience that we kind of alluded to. Um, they have I, a guy we didn't mention. He's not necessarily a goal scorer, but uh, in Darlington Nagby, they probably have probably the best number six kind of holding midfielder in the league, in my opinion. Um, a guy who's super press resistant, a guy who, you know, can, can kind of build the tempo from deep lying positions. And so I'm interested to see how aggressive Columbus are going to be. I think a lot of their strengths lie in going forward. You mentioned Zardes and Zellerian, like, who's fantastic mm-hmm. uh, kind of playmaker. You know, I think you know, a lot of Zardes' success comes to, comes to that kind of combination there. Um, Seattle, I think, 
are they're gonna go for it. Like it doesn't matter that it's in Columbus. They're gonna they're gonna let their big guys kind of do what they do, and they're super super fluid and fun to watch. And so, like I said, I think at the end of the day, Columbus will set the tone on on, on what this game is gonna be. Is it gonna be a four three or is it gonna be a stingy kind of kind of park the bus one nil type result? But let's yeah. let's hope for the former. To be honest. Yeah. Well, the last time these two met in March, it was a one one draw. It wasn't really much to, to separate them. And I think early in the yeah. season, like obviously it's like we don't want to give away points, but now you're in the finals. I'm curious to see if I really hope it is a goal fest, just like you said. Yeah. I mean, you have the best goal scorers, arguably minus Rossi, playing for either side. I mean, <laughs> let's run up a score. Um, and both teams, and we talked about this last time as well, is you got to be hot at the right time. And both yeah. of these teams haven't lost in over a month. Like the last time Seattle lost was October 11th against LAFC, right. a team they beat in the first game of the playoffs, albeit a team that wasn't healthy. Um, but at the same time, Columbus, the last time they lost was number fourth against Orlando. So both teams going in haven't lost for a while. And they, yeah. I wonder how it's going to be. Whoever loses is going to be like, well, we haven't lost in over a month. We've been consistently great. And it's unfortunate that it comes down to that is who's, who's, undefeated record gets shattered first yeah i you know another thing that these two teams have in common is, is like you mentioned ladero and zelleran like they're they're like you know like in tfc circles the way we talk about pozuelo being mm-hmm. that like kind of game breaker in kind of the number 10 attacking mid position like those guys are are at least at least that on, on their best day that and more like I mean, Ladero, like you see some of the passes he picks out. I think he, he compliments Morris and Rudy so well. And I, it's, it's something about that left foot delivery from him. It's just like we, at any moment, it could just lead to a goal scoring opportunity. And Zillerian, like, yeah, he's a guy like I wouldn't have known as much as Ladero coming into this season. But yeah, like, definitely want to, like, it's, it's just interesting to me that as European leagues, like in some ways kind of trend a little bit of a different direction with regards to that, that number 10 and, and you know, like you know, guys like Ozil and stuff becoming, you know, they kind of getting phased out in some scenarios in MLS. Like you look at Pozuelo and these guys, like number 10 is, you know, in some ways kind of the game breaker still. So, I mean, I'm a guy who loves attacking football. So it's nice to see that. I must say. Yeah. I like how you mentioned the Ozil thing. It's it, it's changing in, in Europe where the classic number 10 isn't the classic number 10. I mean, aside yeah. for Leo or um, what Bruno Fernandes isn't playing has been more of a number 10. But I think I think teams are trying to be more fluid and, you yeah. know, you just can't have one player dictating play because it's just not going to always work if you don't have high class skill play. But I mean, the MLS, we saw Pozuela, which, by the way, congratulations, you got correct that he won the MVP. Well done. I mean, whether that's your inside track or the fact that you're just good at your MLS knowledge and that's why he's on folks um, like, like great job picking that up. Um, Is that because I think we spoke about this as well Is Seattle had two players in the MLS finals MVP race. And then there was one TFC player who arguably, if you take them out, TFC doesn't really function. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple of factors. I actually thought it was super interesting. They, you know, MLS, when they announce the awards, they kind of give the breakdown of, you know, player vote, media vote, and, and then from the organizations. And Diego Rossi was actually like the, the player's MVP. I thought that was interesting. Like, fantastic player in his own right, but didn't get a lot of love from, from the media and, and no. organizations. Pozuelo won pretty comfortably in those departments. Like, I, I, what we said last time was, you know, about the, the two guys on, on one team. 
it, it definitely affects them, right? It has to. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're going for truly a valuable player, like it's got to be split a little bit. And then a keeper, like, I don't know. It, it's not it's not the sexiest option for a league MVP. <laughs> like he had a he had a fantastic season. He did. Yeah. Like was was great. But true value. I mean, it could have been my own bias, and I got a little lucky. But it was it was going to be Pozuelo all day for me. And at the end of the day, like it's hard to do. I think no. I think Rossi made a push and deservedly made a push. And I mean, yeah. you saw what it meant when LAFC were unable to put him out and, yeah, and they lost three, one. And I mean, they lost to the, the team that is in the final. So, I mean, what if, I mean, it's a, what if, right? Like, what if he's healthy? What if it might not be three, one Seattle it could be three, one LAFC once again. Yeah. yeah um, we were robbed of it. We were robbed of a good one there. That's oh, I think so. Yeah. I think it was like an easy, easy preview for a semifinals or maybe even a, a conference finals or something like that. Like it was, yeah. it was, like I think LAFC were undone. Yeah, no, I agree. But, but uh, hey, that's the bubble, man. What you gonna do? Yeah. Um, what else did we 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 just want to cover our bases? Uh, so I guess I'm gonna have to ask you, who's the winner? Are you have you thought of this? I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll give it to you. All right. What is it? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I was going Seattle the whole time. Like I, even if it was TFC, and that was that was a complete mess. But even if it wasn't Seattle TFC final, like I thought, I thought Seattle were. It's just supposed to be like you said about getting hot at the right time. Like I don't know what it is about. Like they have a period where they're not coasting, but like they're not really coming out of second, third gear and. Things are kind of like, eh, hey, we lose a game. Like, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out at the right time. And Rui Diaz is like the perfect example of that. Like a guy who I, I believe is the, the best per 90-minute goal scorer in the playoffs in, in league history. Like, I mean, you talk about getting hot at the right time. It's just like, it's not, it's not if he's going to score. It's, it's when and how many. And like, you talk about a, a one-off final format. Like, that's, that's who you want on your team, right? And yeah. For that reason, I'm going to go... I'm gonna go Seattle, like, but I've gotten a lot of stuff wrong too, so don't put any heavy money on this one. Can I can can I ask you to predict a scoreline then based on based on yeah your... yeah sure uh, <laughs> I'll go uh, I'll go two nil Seattle I think I think they get one and then Columbus no matter how they set up are are gonna be forced to kind of come out of their shell and have a real go at it and I I just think they'll find a way to get one on the counter late and I I'm gonna go two nil I know kind of boring I'm sorry I I hope it's or something but, <laughs> yeah. 10 10 penalty shootouts is the final no um that sounds like the orlando new york city game yeah yeah basically head up there that was an entertaining game <laughs> oh, oh my dude. god but it's both our dark horses so i was like you know what i'm okay with one of them going yeah, through was, on that one that was fitting that was fitting it was um i think it's not gonna be I think it's gonna be a boring game. I think someone's gonna just park the bus at one point, um, and we're gonna end up seeing another penalty shootout, which I absolutely hate in the finals. And I think if you're a TFC fan at any point in time, you go, "I don't want to watch this." No, I don't want to watch this. Um, Flashbacks, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna go based on Columbus not letting a goal in for almost 210 minutes um, being the factor here. I think if they do end up giving up a goal, it'll be like a, a spot kick or something brilliant okay. from one of their their goal scorers so i'm saying 1-1 after regular time uh or 0-0 and then it's going to go to the shootout because that's what it's the mls cup i i can't predict anything else but that unfortunately mm-hmm. so um seattle takes it though i think 
being in how many finals and how many penalty shootouts, I, I think they have the nerve and the the calmness to really win it. So I guess we're both going to go Seattle here. Um, you're saying in, in regular time, I'm going to say extra yeah. time plus PK. So uh, yeah. sorry, crew. Uh, I hope you win uh, and prove us wrong here. But um, unfortunately, the best team in the entire league is in the finals. And I think deservedly so should be should be named. Yeah, I like I that's a I like your prediction actually. Like, you know, in one-off finals, how often do we see penalties? And when it does get there, it feels like like the team who it has more experience and has been there, done that, always find a way to win, don't they? So, yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's a good. Pretty the mentality is there. It's the edge. Yeah. It gives them, and I think when you're in any sport in any sort of playoff environment, you need experience. And when you're playing a team that's yeah. been there for four out of five years, you gotta you gotta give them a little bit of an edge. Um, but that doesn't mean that a new boy can't come in and throw no. you. And I think we're all for it in a world where, you know, you're tired of seeing the same team win over and over again. I think you want a little bit more freshness of the game. And I think it brings more fans in when you go, well, Hey, the best team in the league just lost. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Especially when we, we talk about the Philadelphia union rev game. I think everyone's like the union. I got to win this one. No, it brought people in. Cause they're like, wait, what they lost, huh? Cause I know, um, I wasn't gonna watch that game because I thought it was a one-off, but sure. it was wrong, right? Yeah, honestly, that and uh, again, not to toot my own horn, but like this Philly thing, like I think they they had a, a really good run to close the season. That's evident. They they're supporter shield winners, but I was never like, uh, yeah, I was never as convinced by Philly as I was by the crew. And like I said, at the end of the day, I do think that these are the the two best teams, and hopefully, somebody who's not necessarily an MLS diehard you know, takes a chance and, and tunes into this one and, and we see some entertaining football. I think that would be, that'd be great for the league. And like you said, this is a league that is known for parity, but then at the same time, it's been so dominated by Seattle. So like, you know, to see the crew win, it, I think, it, yeah, from a neutral standpoint, I think it would be exciting. Too. Yeah, especially when you don't have any horses in the race, you got to go. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's go for the, the upset. That's what we want. That That's what brings in yeah. everybody, right? Yeah, I agree, yeah. Um, so we have our predictions finals. Everyone is 8 30 PM Eastern standard time. I believe that is correct. December 12th on Saturday, you can watch the game in Canada on TSN one and four or on TVAS. Um, for the States, I believe it's on Fox, uh, and in Mexico, I think it's Unimas. So please get a chance to watch this game, tweet out at myself or, or Brady. Um, I know we'll be invested in it and, and obviously we're, we're hoping for, an entertaining matchup as well as the Derby being on the same day, the Manchester Derby being on the same day. So I think it'll be a day of footy. And I think that's the greatest part of them. Yeah. It'd be very, I'd say I'd have very few steps on, on Saturday. It'll definitely be a, it'll definitely be a couch day. For sure. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> um, quickly. And I know we talked about, I asked you this last time as well. The season is starting in March. That's the call. Um, but there is some uncertainty regarding Canadian MLS teams, uh, namely Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto, uh, whether they stay in Canada to play or they head down south. Do you think this is another year of this or having to not really have a, a home for three of our Canadian teams? Is that going to hurt them next season again? Um, uh, without establishing a home, I think it, it's hard to build off of that. But at the same time, you're a visitor every day and you're an underdog and you're just not expected to win. Like, how is this going to impact the rest of the three Canadian teams? Yeah, I, I was like, 
like you said, there's a lot to figure out and we seem to have some idea of a timeline, but for the Canadian teams, like we really, we don't know when and where they're really going to suit up. And so like, to, just to go back to Vanny for just one moment, like something that was kind of like, it was, just, it was a suggestion, but something that I thought was interesting was, you know, the idea that Vanny and his family really loved, loved the city of Toronto and, and loved the club, but you know, the prospect of, you know, playing out of Hartford, no, no BMO field and being away from his family for another year. Like did that, did that play on his mind when he made his decision? Like, I don't think that's impossible. I don't, no. I don't think that's too far fetched. Right. And so that's all three Canadian clubs are in a similar position and it's, it's not ideal. Like you said, be it fans or not, like there's, it's just nothing. There's nothing great about living out of a hotel and, no. and being away from your family. And like, I think sometimes people, you know, kind of underrate like the human element of, of the game and, you know, like the grind of a regular season. Like, oh yeah. I think that that can be, that can be overlooked sometimes. And, and if I was TFC, I, I would be working with, you know, the, the, the federal, the provincial government to do everything in our power to kind of try to make it work to play here. But it's complicated. We see what the NHL is doing and yeah. like, you know, they're going to have their own division. You see what the Raptors are obviously down in Tampa Bay and, yeah, the Jays will probably follow suit down there as well. Yeah, um, it's it, we're all in a weird time, I think, with COVID, sure. and and unfortunately, not being with your family is also a huge impact. So, yeah, um, I really hope the players are close to their family. Like, you can't even do an all Canadian division, right? Like that that doesn't work because there's not enough teams. What are you going to play Montreal yeah. fifteen times and Vancouver fifteen times, and then decide to go across the border and then finish the rest? Like, you're not going to do that. Like the NHL is doing that with an all Canadian league. And even at that, it seems excessive to play each other eight, seven to eight times. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, it's just, it's telling to me that, you know, right after that loss in Nashville, the, the media is asking Pozuelo questions. And one of the first things he says is like, I, I just can't wait to see my family. Like, it's like it's tough to hear, right? Like this, this guy is clearly, you know, very invested in that part of his life. And, you know, the yeah. fact that that's weighing on your mind leading up to a game is it, it has to be a factor. It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we talk about mental health, <laughs> this is a part of it was being around your family is a huge uh, support system. Right. And yeah. sad, but I, I do hope that they figure something out and maybe have a bubble in Canada for half the season, just so, uh, you know, families are within reach for some of these yeah. teams and then you move around, but you don't, you move around safely. Don't do what the MLB does or what the NFL does. And yeah, <laughs> yourself there, right? That's that's the only thing we ask for is you stay safe out there. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. Um, anything else about MLS? Are we good to move on? No, I think yeah, I think we're good there. Like I said, give it a shot on Saturday. I think I think you'll enjoy it. So it's all really all I can say about it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you're tweeting about it, so our our main account will retweet you and and support you there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that does it for our starting 11, which is brought to us by the Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to follow the Shack and Chef Sab on Instagram as they bring you cuisines from around the world. They deliver and are now available for pickup in the Vancouver area for the rest of the month. Um, all right, before we sign off, do you have any final thoughts uh, aside from MLS, but it could be anything else soccer-related? Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, while we're here, let's let's – briefly just talk quickly about the the scenes in, in with the PSG and, and, and Istanbul game the other night. I think, you know, we talk about it's been a powerful year in sports. There's been so many moments that are been memorable for, for the right reasons as well. Like we've seen some people, you know, like use their platform for good and 
And I think what the two teams did the other night to, to rightfully condemn what, what allegedly happened with the fourth official, I think on arguably the biggest stage in, in, in the sport with the Champions League, like I thought that that was, that was great. Like that PSG, you know, walked off the field with that team and, and, and supported them in that way. And, you know, like that was a pretty important game in the context of Champions League, right? But that wasn't, that wasn't what was on their minds. It was, it was bigger than that, right? It was, no. it, was, it was soccer and it was great to see everybody on the field like with the same same mindset because it's going to take it's going to take all of those players you know like so many different backgrounds races like it's going to take everybody to to stand together and kind of and kind of condemn that stuff to get it out of the game and so i yeah. thought that that was awesome and some of the some of the support from players across the world coaches fans be it anybody like i don't know it was it was a it was obviously not not a nice moment like initially but to see that kind of culminate with everybody in football like you know supporting mm. what they did i didn't see very much backlash to it i thought that that was that was awesome yeah i agree with you i mean the biggest thing that resonated with me is dembaba right in the front of the official calling him out um which i think we are going to see more of now is players yeah. are not going to put up with this shit and mm-hmm. um uh i have a little blurb uh that i wrote down here which i will end the show with a little later but i think it was important that the players held hands and yeah. solidified the message that this is not acceptable. And I, and I find it so weird and uh, odd in the sense that now we have to start telling people what words cannot and can be said to, no matter what language or background you're from, because I know the, the official was Romanian and, right. and for him, I guess that's how he says that word or that connotation. And then a few years ago, if you remember Luis Suarez with what he said to Patrice Evra, and I was like, well, that's just what we say in my country. And it's like, well, that stuff needs to be phased out. Then yeah. we have the example of, um, shoot, I just blanked on it, but there's there was one recently, um, Bernardo Silva and, and Benjamin Mendy over yeah. in Man City, where right. Bernardo said something over social media, and everyone's like, well, you can't say that. And he's like, well, I didn't mean it uh, viciously. And it's like, but that's the thing. That's because the shit needs to be wiped out of the game. It needs to be wiped out of our culture. It needs to be wiped out of words in our in our dictionary because, yep. unfortunately, you can't look at color and creed and race and, and 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 talk about that person being that color. Like, I mean, I don't know if you've seen this, but you hear about when people are like identifying a person that walks by, they'll always say their color. If they are a person of color, it won't just be, there was a guy who was six foot tall who did X, Y, Z. No, they have to be like, well, he was, you know, this color, this color look like this had something like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's so ingrained in our society and ingrained in the way people are thinking that this sort of moment that we just had uh, two days ago or uh, when PSG and Istanbul originally were slated to play. I liked it. I I thoroughly thought that I think more players, more teams, more coaches, um, the refs, UEFA, FIFA, they need to be like, you can't say this stuff. And whether that means handing out lifetime bans for officials and professionals, so be it. Yeah. No, I agree hundred percent. Like you said, I mean, you can see the way that the damn ball is reacting. Like, they're tired of it right like this is stuff that they've been dealing with for most of their careers and and unfortunately for the better part of their careers they were basically being dismissed by teammates by officials by governing bodies and now we we've seen that change a little bit this year i think there's still obviously a ton of room for for improvement and growth in that department it felt like the last few months some of that had kind of a little bit been forgotten if if 
like if, I don't know if you agree with me in that way, but you know, in the beginning of the year, obviously it was, it was pretty prevalent and we're seeing it across the world. And then uh, it feels like this moment kind of sprung that Sparked back it up again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. We had this conversation on, on the main network show where I think the, the three of us, uh, Nick, Kyle, and myself, we, we all agreed that unfortunately it, it gained so much movement and then it just kind of fell flat. Like it became quiet. Um, people were kneeling, but they weren't kneeling because they wanted to. They're just doing it for the sake of doing it or they stopped doing it or there's no talk about it. And then all of a sudden something massive happens and everyone's like, Woo, okay, we got to get back on top of this train because it fell off the rail. And it's like, but it shouldn't fall off the rail. It needs to continue. And that's why kneeling, whether it's kneeling or tweeting about it or talking about it or suspending players or whatever, or officials, um, is just going to keep bringing it back into the front. And I think that's what we need to do is keep talking about it because you need to normalize the fact that you can't judge someone based on color. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And the fact that this happened, you know, kind of towards the end of the group stage, I guess, We'll have a little a little lull in Champions League action for a bit. So when we return for the round of sixteen, I'm interested to see like, you know, what we'll see from UEFA with regards to a response and not like a written one, like a you know, a response, like an actual action yeah. that shows that there's some solidarity yeah. there and I hope they'll do the right thing. Don't like empty like like a blinded way of saying that um, we support you, but we're not going to do anything about it. And uh, I mean, that's a shot at the NHL with the HDA where unfortunately they said they're all going to help out, but nothing happened there. So I hope this is a lesson to, I think everyone in Europe and Canada and North America and the rest of the world to be like this, this stuff can't continue. And with that, um, I want to share my final thought, but I'll do it after this blurb. Um, I wanted to say on behalf of this podcast that we support Black Lives Matter. We are against racism and any form of discrimination. Kneeling is an act of solidarity and in no way political. Honestly, if you do not like that or when athletes stand up against racism, then you as a spectator should step away from the game. Please think before you speak, especially when using words with racial connotations. And and with that next episode, I have a buddy of mine um, who really wants to talk about um, the politics and sports and how um, racism plays a massive factor, no matter what anyone will say. So we'll go to great lengths next episode with that. Um, but on a more positive note, um, my final thought before we sign off here is um, Champions League teams should not be putting or not be allowed to play in the Europa the following year. Um, if you lose in Champions League, I think you're done. Uh, I think your Europe career or Europe season is done. I don't. I don't know. Like I, th- I, I heard what Jose Mourinho said the other day, um, but these teams coming in from the top, and obviously it's Mourinho. Mourinho will complain, but I, I think part of it is the truth in the sense that you know if you got eliminated in one tournament, I don't think you should have a fallback tournament because if you're gonna allow teams to drop into the Europa, then I think the best two teams in the entire group stages should be able to bump up to Champions League. Uh, not that people are going to agree with that, but I think if you're going to do like a, a downgrade and upgrade, then that, that should be the, maybe the mold, not that it's going to happen. Uh, what do you think of that? Do you think teams should be allowed to drop in and out? I mean, I think it's unfair to teams who are in the Europa League from the start, particularly teams who play in domestic leagues that, they don't even have a chance really to, to qualify for the Champions League. 
it yeah. doesn't really feel fair in that way, right? You've got a team, I don't know, for example, a Turkish side or even a Scottish side, like a Celtic or Rangers, who are having a great Europa League season. Like, you know, they're buzzing through the group stage and all of a sudden it's like, oh, like Manchester United are, are in the Europa League and we draw them. And now your Europa League season is over. It's like, yeah. That, yeah, is that really fair? I don't, I don't have the perfect answer, like off the top of my head of how the reformatting is, but like, I I can 100% see where you're coming from that way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're done. You're done. And I think teams that if you're out of Champions League, focus on the season. I think United, for example, I think they could benefit from just focusing on the season and finishing top four, then spreading thin and not knowing where Pogba or Bruno Fernandes plays or what goalkeeper they're going to use the next day. So, um, I mean, it's probably an unpopular opinion, but I, I think it needs to sort of stop because you're out, you're out. Yeah, I don't hate it. All right, buddy. That wraps it up. Um, thank you for coming on again. Um, I'm really happy and I'm glad that you get to do it just before school ends and before you get to spend the holidays with your family. But um, you're always welcome and I'm really glad you're on today. No, I appreciate it, man. And I'm sure I'll be back. You know, stay safe, enjoy your holidays and we'll uh, we'll make it happen again in the near future. Of course, I'll, I'll hit up Brady in the new year when everything settles down and we'll see where he's at with that. But anyway, so make sure to like and give us a rating if you can on Twitter. We are touchline th. Um, I'm at Irfan Manji on Twitter. Brady's at Brady Reed underscore. Do not forget the underscore. Um, and if you want to follow WTR, they are at Waking the Red. Uh, they've been coming out with some really cool articles the last couple of days, uh, MLS topics. So follow in, and I'm sure there'll be some sort of uh, synopsis or I guess an end to the MLS. Um, and also don't forget to follow the rest of our network. There's a bunch of great podcasts that are there as well as our main show, Garage Door Sports. Uh, don't forget to follow our segment partner, uh, Shenzi Shack on Instagram to view or see their menu. They're currently in Vancouver. Don't forget that, but they will be back in the GTA Toronto area in the next month. Anyways, uh, thanks again, Brady, for joining me today. Appreciate it, buddy. And uh, thank you all for listening. And We'll see you next match day. Cheers. Cheers.